Adam Bengeli, uh, I think, joins us right now. Adam, good morning. How are you? Morning, Will. Morning, boys. Um, I was feeling all right till about half an hour, 45 minutes ago when the multi opened. I don't think people are too happy about it, are they? No, there are plenty of people are happy about it. Uh, $4. We'll uh, remind everyone about it. It's in the Tab app. Um, tab website. We'll put it in the Bets Friends channel too. Uh, Saturday, Rose Hill Race 5, number one, Cabalas, top two. And Saturday, Rose Hill Race 7, number seven, Power Cookful Keg, top two. Bradley Davidson and Adam Pengeli. Uh, I like it. Josh loves it. Josh loves $4 I too. I love $4. And uh, <laughs> tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good multi this week. I know we might have had a three-legger to get a bit more value, but we'll stick with a two-legger. I think Cabalas has been trialling up enormously this preparation. Obviously, Davo's selection, he was my on-top tip in that race, so I can see him running extremely well. And powerful Peg, she's just such a beauty of a mare. She's been so genuine throughout her career, and uh, I thought her first up run was enormous. So she finds a really suitable race at 1,400 metres second up. So with any bit of luck, boys, we'll get that across the line and hopefully um, hand over the reins back to Laurie next week, I think, Will. He can, he can, he can take it back over next week. Yeah, I think that's the one. So um, apologies. I've been reading Powerful Keg. It's Powerful, powerful Peg. peg. Powerful Peg. <laughs> I, I like Powerful Keg. I love it. I'm putting some real and farces on Keg as well. Powerful Keg. Um, good on you, Powerful Peg. <laughs> who, 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 was your, who was your pick, Adam? Did you pick... Powerful Peg. I was Powerful Peg, Josh. So, um, yeah, she was mine. And nice. And Will, I think and she can Will run really well. Powerful Keg. Powerful, well, <laughs> cut him some slack. He's been hosting for the last two weeks. It's his last morning this morning. He probably feels like he needs a drink a little bit later today. Yeah, so, Keg's right. on the mind. It felt right. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I'm, um, you know, Flano's come out and spoken about the Volkman saga. I'm hearing mm. many mixed things about what happened. What actually happened, mate? Give it. Give oh, us the it's, it's a good course. question, Josh. It's a good question. It's very hard to try and find out the truth and exactly what happened in, in this scenario. The, the one thing I will say, and I, I reckon you'll probably agree with me, Josh, I, I feel desperately sorry for Ronald Volkman himself. Um, he had a two-year contract with the Warriors. He obviously agreed to be released from that contract to take up a shorter deal with the Dragons, where he thought he'd probably be able to get a little bit more opportunity playing NRL. And suddenly, he's got no contract whatsoever. No protection, really, at the moment in terms of insurance and medicals and stuff like that. I just, I just hope, first and foremost, that something can be organised for him and he can be looked after. So he can go through his rehabilitation with his shoulder, get back to full strength and hopefully become an NRL player in time because we've only seen a couple of very tiny glimpses of him at NRL level. It's been some pretty big wraps on him, hasn't there, Josh, for a while? Yeah. Um, yeah. I played coming out through the grades. Um, sorry to cut you off, mate. I played against him in um, Premier League last year and carved us up. I know it's not the NRL, but he's a very, very, very nice kid too. Um, you know, yep. come up to me after the game and said, "Mate, it was an honour." Hmm. No, honestly, it was just, just, just yeah. a nice touch, yeah, you know. Respect. But like, it shouldn't happen. Like, it, it, right? No, you're right. Imagine, imagine where his headspace is right now. Yep. This is what we got to think of. He, like you said, mate, he's he's come for an opportunity. Now he's got an injury and he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. And when we say nothing, we mean no cover, no nothing. He's I hope someone's there, you know, helping him and helping him through this because we can't let young players like this go through this. It could really scar people. And people yeah, might not yeah. understand it, but it really does. It's, it's probably a bit of a lesson, Josh, as well, for I suppose for the Dragons. Like, they, they announced his signing. Um, he started training with them, obviously, with a, a non-contact bib on, but without having that full medical done in the first place. And they didn't pick up the issues till then. I think Flano even said yesterday in his press conference they'll be a little bit cautious about how they go about announcing signings and, and when they get players to actually start training. But I can also understand from their point of view, given the off-season they've had and all the issues they've had with Junior Ramon and, and Corey Allen obviously rupturing his ACL 
once he got into the country and got down to Wollongong, let's, let's get him on the park and let's see what he's got and start getting to to gel with players. I can also understand from that point of view why, why they thought that. But yeah, this scenario has just turned into a, a really ugly situation. Let's hope we can get some solutions for the kid more than anything in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, the rule change, Grub was talking about it. He likes it. What's been the impact and flow on from that? We spoke to Justin Morgan yesterday while you were in. He likes yep. it as well. Yeah, I was giving a bit more thought about it last night, Will, and I actually don't mind it, to be mm. honest. I think it's going to provide a little bit more entertainment. I, the one thing I always worry about, and I know it's a very cynical point of view to take, but some coach is going to figure out a way to rort this rule. I, I don't know if there is a, a loophole or a way that oh, they can do it. it. I, I like that too, though. That's their job, right? Oh, yeah, it, it is. The coach's job is to win, and they'll, they'll take every absolute advantage they get. But sometimes, obviously, as a fan, you don't, mm. you don't think they're doing it in the best interest of the game. I, I'm not sure if there's a way they can be able to do it for, for this rule. But there was a really interesting point made by uh, someone yesterday saying that they wonder if the NRL sort of implemented this rule to, to stop those massive collisions off the kickoff these days in the, in the modern era with concussions and everything like that. And, Josh, I know one of your former teammates and a really close mate in James Graham has been quite vocal about this. He sort of questioned, and he was one of the guys who was famous for his trademark carries off the kickoff and launching from the dead ball line, saying, well, why do we, why do we have guys spring at each other from you know, 40, 50 metres away for these massive collisions to start the game when we're worrying about player safety more and more? I don't know what your thoughts are on that issue, but maybe these short kickoff and short restarts is a way of just mm. reducing the instances of that. Oh, that's rugby league, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. what, it's happened for years and years and years, and that's why we love it. I get, I get where Jimmy's coming from. I, I, I really do, because player safety, safety is is what it's all about now. It, it honestly is, and I'm glad we're having the conversation. I don't know if you can take that out of the game. I remember, I, I, I remember when we used to play against South. I used to look forward to Jimmy going up against Sam. Mm. That just mm. that carry. It, it just yeah yeah. I get where he's coming from. I get his angle because, you know, he and, – and I can't really talk because I never had to do it. No, and, and, and I am glad. <laughs> put your hand up. Absolutely <laughs> glad. I think it's one of the scariest things oh, to do, but they on. love it. But, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd hate to see it go, but I would understand why. Yeah, yeah. And, and as fans, right, like we sit down and what's the one thing you look most, uh, most look forward to in a, a state of origin game? I love the, oh. open, the, hit, the hit up from the opening kickoff. Oh. And it's things, it's things that we can't do, right? And that's why you yeah. tune in. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind watching suburban sport on a Saturday if I'm passing a, a local oval, but I'm not paying my money to go and watch a, an E-grade cricket match, am I? Like, mm. I want to I see people do things that I couldn't possibly dream of being physically able to do oh. and within the bounds of safety for sure. But that's the difference. People putting themselves in a position mm. and they're prepared to go to different levels. That what like that's what sets people apart and makes them professional athletes. So, um, yeah, that'll that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Adam, big day at Rose Hill tomorrow. Ten races on the card. Racing at Canterbury today, uh, tonight rather. Maria and Ballin are also today. What are you looking forward to most tomorrow at Rose Hill? Yeah, two-year-old race will, to be fair. It's a pretty standard off-season program outside of that. But each week now we're going to have changes to this golden supermarket. The one horse on... Really keen to see, uh, hopefully get a run. He was a second emergency last night as Switzerland from Chris Wallagard. Uh, Cormoran and Colt, um, who's trolled up really nicely in a couple of trials so far, this preparation. And it's hard not to draw just a couple of comparisons to last year's Golden Super winner Shinzo, not least of all given the, the same ownership. But the way he's trolled is, looks very similar to me. And, and Chris Waller sort of stepped out Shinzo in late January last year. This horse is obviously debuting in late January as well. I'm not saying he's going to be as good, of him, as, good as him. That's That's foolish to say, but... 
it's probably easy to draw some sort of comparisons. He's my on-top selection in the race. He needs to get a run, obviously. But there's a couple of other really nice horses that have, have trolled up well. There's a nice filly from the Terry Croftyard out at Hawkesbury called uh, Zootastic, who trolled up, I thought, pretty well behind Highness, who ran well in the Magic Millions last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she was about 30 to 1, I think, last night. She might be worth something on a, on a small each way basis. I think the market's probably missed her. So that was... Zootastic in, in the first race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she might be a value in the race okay. in, uh, in the two-year-old event. Adam, best bet for tomorrow in Rose Hill. And look, I don't mean to put you on the spot if you haven't had a look at it, but I may be heading to Canterbury tonight. And uh, I, would I, I wouldn't mind. I haven't had, a, haven't had a proper look, Josh. I'll apologise. Maybe, maybe have a look for me and give me a little yeah. text I will. Later. In the next hour, I'll have a look. Well, if you haven't looked yet, place. we've got, Josh has got a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have a crack at the... Um, they've usually got the golf net out there. They have a long drive challenge on... On Sky Thoroughbred Central every oh, Friday night. You should, Marlowe's you should... been in there, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Look, I've got, I've got a little problem, boys. I might, I might, <laughs> I'm going to ask you because I, I'm not sure if my, my lovely fiance is listening right now. But we're meant, to, so I'm flying, flying off tomorrow to, to lovely America, as Tom knows, <laughs> producer. Um, we're meant to be going to dinner tonight in the city. <laughs> But I love Canterbury races. Do you think I should ask if we can swap? Like, uh, she, likes, she likes it. The food trucks out at Canterbury, the best. they are very good. It's a great offering. Raising New South oh, Wales, put on a good show. If you. I was you, and I don't know what your fiancé's plans are, Josh, I'd be, I'd be changing to lunch today, lunch for the day, and then, and then into the daily double into the races tonight. This is a that'd, that'd be the way I'd be going. A seasoned professional. <laughs> I'm clapping. Yeah. You can't hear. <laughs> um, best, bet, best bet at Rose Hill, we'll, uh, race seven, number seven, powerful peg. She's part of the multi, obviously. And the best value, I think, is race 10, number 10, boot scooter, mm-hmm. last race of the day. It's a really tough race. Market, I think, just completely missed her when it opened up um, earlier in the week. She was enormous first up. Her work through the line, and particularly after the line, was great. Second up, I think she's going to take some natural improvement. And I just cannot understand the difference in the prices between her and Principessa, who she met last start and comfortably beat. So I think she's been a value in the last. So race 7, number 7 is the best, and race 10, number 10, as the best value on the program at Rose Hill tomorrow. Very good, Adam. Always appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Make sure you tell Mido that he's due back and needs to return. Ah, uh, yes. I'll let him know. He's still another week off, but I'll uh, let him know when I see him on the weekend. Another week. Come on, Mido. Good on you, Adam. Appreciate it. See you, boys.